بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على سيد الانبياء محمد وعلى اله واصحابه الاتقياء اما بعد Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us as human beings. He created us from one person, one being, that is Adam. And then from Adam and his spouse, his wife, Hawa, he created all of us. So we all have a common father and a common mother. We are all united in being one human community. And in this sense of universalism, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the world so that all human beings collectively and individually may benefit not only from the world but also from oneself from themselves so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah which is common to all human beings is that they have a common father and a common mother Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah then is extended by allowing human beings to live together, coexist, and to benefit from each other. This is universal, and this is one of the most foundational teachings of Islam, that we are all from one. Ya ayyuhal nas, inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa untha. O people, we have created you from a male and a female. And then we made you into branches, clans, and tribes, and people. So that you may recognize each other. Because now, since Adam and Hawa came to the earth, we have billions and billions of people within which there are families and sub-families clans and tribes and groups of people that all share common lineage and bondage based on their blood and then based on their ethnicity and based on where it is that they live and so on but here the Quran mentions that people must appreciate that they came from one and they didn't come from another source outside of that one. So the oneness of humanity is a universal claim that the Quran makes to all people. And it is to this end that the Prophet ﷺ was sent as a messenger to all people, not just to one. He was sent to the brown person, the black person, 
the yellow person, the white person. He was sent to those who speak this language and that language and he was sent to those who came from this ethnic background and this ethnic background. The Prophet message is universal and human beings collectively are universal. So this is how the last message of the last Prophet was kept dynamic and flowing where any human being who recognizes that his Lord is one and that his genealogy is one will be able to worship the one. So this is all about Tawheed, it's all about the oneness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the Prophet Muhammad and it is to this effect and it is to this end that the Prophet said in Hajjatul Wida his last farewell Hajj that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made you from one Kullukum min Adam all of you are from Adam that Adam is now the founding father of all human beings you have the founding fathers of this country this country historically in the timeline is very young this is a very young country if you go to other countries in the world they're much older they're ancient they've existed for thousands of years this country is a new country 300 years maybe if that so the founding father of all human beings is Adam so the Prophet said to the Sahaba at the time of Hajj that as you leave this Hajj and as you leave me to go into your various peoples and your various tribes and your various clans you must appreciate that all people came from Adam and this message of your Nabi this message of your Rasul is as universal as is Adam and that is the Tawheed the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the finality of prophethood in Muhammad sallallahu and in the belief in the day of judgment the belief in the hereafter all of these three foundational tenets of Islam are universal and every human being should adhere to this so when you go and you spread this message make sure you do not discriminate in delivering the message in appropriating the message in explaining the message that all of you are from one and it is this oneness that leads you to worship the one who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then the Prophet said وَآدَمُ مِن تُرَابٍ and Adam is from Turab Adam is from dust Adam is from the dirt, the soil of the earth Adam himself has no innate power of creativity Adam had to be given life by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِ 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I breathed into him my life, my ruh, my soul, whatever the translation is of that. So Allah breathed life into Adam and that is how Adam became alive. But other than that, Adam in Turab, Adam is from Turab, Adam is from the dirt, the dust, the earth. So when you realize that this is your foundational reality, that you're from dust, and then the Quran says that you're going to be back to the dust. You're going back into the dirt. You'll be returning to your graves, into the dirt, into the dust, into the earth. So your origin is dirt and dust, and your fate is dirt and dust. So where do you find provision for your arrogance? Where do you find provision for your supremacy? Where do you find provision for you saying I'm better than that one? As a tribe, as a clan, as a community, as a group of people, as a civilization, where do you find that? Because all of you came from Adam, who came from dust and dirt, and you're going back to dust and dirt in your grave. You're going to be returned there. So in this small span of life, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever it is, you have life. That life also came from Allah. It's not yours. You don't innately acquire life because you deserve life. When you're in your mother's womb, you don't say to Allah, Allah give me life. Allah grants you life. He gives you life. He puts life into you. When the soul comes in. Otherwise, you know, some babies are still born. If they're still born, meaning that they're dead. They haven't breathed life. That's why there's no naming. And there's no janaz. You just bury the body. That's it. It's not a human being. That's the fiqh of it. So in this small span of life, that we call life in this world, in which we are trapped, and the only thing we see is what's happening to us now. And we don't see the future. We don't even see what's happening tomorrow. I want something now. I want something that's immediate. And in this immediate state of living, we assume we are better, or we assume we are good, or we assume that we have rights. I'm not talking about the human rights issue, which is part of this civilization, the post-enlightenment thinking of human rights rights, and everybody has rights. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the essential notion in every human being that God owes me. God owes me. And this is how we walk. This is how we talk. This is how we behave. This is how we act. That wherever we go, we assume God owes us something. Why? We worship Him. We go for Jumu'ah. We sacrifice our lunch hour for Jumu'ah. We fast. We give zakat. 
We, we go for Hajj. Now all of a sudden, because of this, God owes us something. So the Prophet ﷺ, in his ingenious methodology, all prophets are geniuses, the most intellectual community who ever lived is the community of the prophets. You can take all your geniuses in the world, collectively together, put them on one scale. And you can take one Nabi, put him on the other scale, the Nabi will be heavier. In as far as intelligence is concerned. That's our Akhidah. That's who we are. That's our guidance comes not from the social geniuses or the science geniuses or the anthropological geniuses or the math geniuses. It comes from the genius of a Nabi. And the genius of a Nabi is that a Nabi knows what's going to happen to you after you die. No genius on the planet knows what's going to happen to them when they die. The brain doesn't go that far. Human intelligence is not developed enough, nor will it ever be developed enough to know what's going to happen to you in your grave. The only person who can tell you is a Nabi, because Nabi has wahi. Nabi has knowledge that is supra-rational, beyond our intellect. That is why, when it comes to matters of the akhirah and the hereafter and salvation, we rely on wahi, we don't rely on our minds. That is why we're Muslim. So now, when, when the Prophet ﷺ is informing the Sahaba that Adam is from dirt and dust, what is he saying? He's saying that you carry the message of Islam to everyone who is part of the universal human society and you let all human beings know that one day they will all die. That one day they will be in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and one day there is a day of resurrection and one day there is a hisab accountability and for that they should work. For that they should live. For that they must do whatever it takes in order to make sure that God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's not disappointed with us. Yeah, yes, He has rights also. Everybody has rights. So the Prophet said, Allah has rights also. Then you want to talk about rights? See where the Nabi's mind goes. The mind of a Nabi goes to the right of Allah. And the mind of a human being goes to the right of a human being. So the Prophet said, that Allah also has rights. SubhanAllah. We, were, we would have never conceived this in a million years that God has rights. Allah, why does God need rights? But the Prophet hasn't said so. And what is his right? Ya Rasulullah, the Sahaba said his right is that you worship him without associating any partners with him. That is his right. So we see. That in, 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 in this conversation that the Prophet is having with the Sahaba, that each word he pronounces is prophetic. Each word is filled with wisdom. 
And if you sit down and analyze each word, you will find so much nur, so much guidance, so much sukoon, that you will stop reading everything else in the world. Because you will be so mesmerized by the words of a Nabi that it will take you a generation in order for you to understand even one statement of a Nabi. So what is now? Why am I saying all this? I'm preaching Tawheed, oneness of humanity, oneness of God, oneness of this and everything. Well, why is it necessary? It's necessary so that we position ourselves as American Muslims in this time, in this place, appropriately, where we don't think ahead of ourselves and we don't second, second guess who Allah is, who God is, who the Rasul is. We say that we are part of a human tradition of being human. We are part of this caravan of human civilization that came from Adam and it will go until the day of judgment. We are not unique to the human chain. And for that, we should be humble. And for that, we should worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without associating any deities, any idols, any heroes with him, anyone else. Besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is how we should behave. That in this spectrum of humanity, we are just a speck. People came before us. People will come after us. What is our significance? Our significance is in the way we worship Allah. Our significance is in the way we follow the sunnah of Muhammad Our significance is in the way we prepare for the hereafter. How we position ourselves so that when we meet Allah, Allah is happy with us and we are happy with Him. This is how we should be. This is the big picture. Within the big picture, you have your daily lives. And that daily, those daily issues are always be, they'll always be there as part of human life and human society. They're not going away. We're not immune from human issues. We are human. So we have to manage them the best way we can, and that is through taqwa. That is through observing the rules and regulations of the Sharia of Muhammad We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to be Muslim the way the Prophet wanted us to be Muslim. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen.